This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your smartphone, tablet, or desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Also, help us keep Star Trek discussion coming to you each day by becoming a Trek FM patron through Patreon. Get access to exclusive content and become part of the team. You'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm. Hi, I'm Anthony Montgomery, Ensign Travis Mayweather on Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Trek FM. Welcome, Boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated enterprise show. I'm your host, Floyd Dorsey, and I'm sitting in the conference room with my co-host, Jeffrey Harlan, a.k.a. Mr. Ataz. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I just uh, stepped out of the Atavicron. I'm ready to get going and dive into whatever we got going today. All right. Well, hey, listeners, Jeff and I just heard the strangest sound outside in the corridor. It's really hard to describe. We're going to have to step outside and check it out. Why don't you come with us? Jeff, are you seeing this? It's a large blue box of some sort. What's public call police box across the top of What does that mean? In all of your travels through the Atavacron, have you ever seen anything like this? Only once or twice in the 23rd and 24th century, possibly, maybe. Really? Wow. Well, look, the door on the side is opening. It appears to be a human stepping out. Oh, wow. Directly from the 23rd century, it's Daniel Peru. Welcome, Daniel. Oh, hey, everyone. I guess uh, sorry for taking up your entire corridor with uh, with this box here, but I wasn't expecting it to be so cramped. Yeah, our room is kind of, you know, on the NX-01, we don't have that much space in our in our hallways here, so... Uh, it's it's actually nice that the, your uh, your big blue box would actually park right there. And hey, there's another figure stepping out of the police box. It looks like Philip Gilfus. Welcome, Philip. Uh, uh, hello, welcome. Uh, Daniel, I told you don't press the red button. There's a big sign that says don't press the red button. And what do you do every... Um, wait, where? Wait, this is smaller on the inside. Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey... Welcome to Warp 5, Daniel and Philip. We are so glad to have you on here for the first time. I'm so excited. Like this is to me, this is like a Warp 5 event here, having a two hosts from Earl Grey on with us. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, no, I'm I'm always excited. I, I know you're used to the luxurious accommodations that we have on the Enterprise D. So just a word of warning, be careful when you step through the hatches. Okay, there's a little lip that sticks up on all the doors, and we call them hatches. You call them, 
I don't know, automatic doors, maybe do that. Like we actually have to push a button to make our doors open. So just be, just be careful. If you walk right into the door, it's the button on the right usually. Okay. 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 Well, don't worry. I'm sure Daniel and I can spend time in your holodeck. We'll be all right. Okay, nice. A hollow what? Uh, I don't know. Or at least put our hands in some sand or something. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually against the rules. No. We're not supposed to put our hands or anything else in a box of rocks. That's a bad bad idea. Bad idea. So, Warp 5 listeners, you might be asking, why are we referencing Doctor Who on Warp 5? Well, we're actually going to tempt... Something that I don't think has ever been attempted before on Trek FM. And we're going to do it by crossing over with the hosts of Earl Grey to combine two titans of sci-fi. We're going to try to write an episode of Season 5 Enterprise on the fly that features a crossover with Doctor Who. Actually, the premise for this idea, I saw this a long time ago when I was just researching ideas for Warp 5 just when uh, I was just the associate producer for the show. And I saw in Memory Alpha that there was actually a 2009 interview that British writer-producer Russell Davies, the showrunner for the British series Doctor Who, said that he had considered proposing a crossover between Doctor Who and Star Trek, but that latter was canceled before the idea could be pursued. So we're actually going to try to make this happen right now. So before we get going, let's do a real quick uh, history with our experience with Doctor Who, because everyone kind of knows how our, our history with Trek and what we know about Trek. But this is our first talk about Doctor Who. So, Daniel, what is your history with Doctor Who? Like, how long have you been a fan and what what have you actually seen of Doctor Who? So I imagine and I actually have no idea, I guess we have never had this conversation with really hardly anybody. But um, I'll probably be on the younger spectrum of this. Surprise, surprise to Philip. I know he's smirking because I am the youngest on Earl Grey as well. But uh, I didn't get into Doctor Who until I believe I want to say right before. Um, Matt Smith was about to come on because I remember actually like kind of, I started with the, uh, with the reboot, the 2005 Doctor Who. And I remember kind of binging it on Netflix. And right as I was catching up to the current Doctor Who, there was all this hype about the casting and what was going to happen and all of this stuff. So I've been a fan since about that time, which I think is 2011, 2012, something around there. Um, and, you know, I've been a huge fan ever since. I have to say I've kind of, you know, as is, as we are to do sometimes, there's lots of lots of things to kind of divide our attention at this point. So I haven't actually watched the most recent season, but I have seen about a half of the season of Capaldi. So I guess you would say from, uh, you know, all of 9, all of 10, all of 11, and maybe some of 12 is what okay. I've seen. And I've never watched the old stuff, so. Okay. Very good. So, Philip, what is your history with Doctor Who? Well, unlike Daniel, I'm a real fan. Um, I'll, uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, a friend introduced me to it. I can't remember the exact year, but I want to say it was probably around Tenet's maybe second series. But maybe it was his first because I remember you know, we watched maybe one or two. It was probably during the second one because I think it was maybe it was with Martha. And then I sort of you know went back first with nine and watched all of Eccleston and caught up. And then we we were both diehard Torchwood people too, so we were sort of doing uh, Tin and Torchwood at the same time. And then I was sort of there forward. But then I also, unlike some people who like really like the show, uh, went back and watched all the old ones. And so um, 
I started with four because, like most people, that's where the zeitgeist was for me. Four, and so I watched four, five, six, seven, and then the movie. And then I decided, like, all right, let's 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 really do this. So then I went all the way back to the beginning and saw all of one. And I've sort of been stuck in two during my – I can't call it a rewatch. It's just a watch. Um, and so I've been stuck in two just because, as some people may know with the older ones, a lot of those are lost episodes. And so those things I have are just like still shots with audio. And it's kind of – those serials, you know, go a little long. So it's kind of like hard to just sit down and like watch those five serials when it's nothing but like pictures. And it's just like you have to read the whole episode. And it's kind of like, okay, let's let's move this along, move it along. So that's so I haven't seen I saw like three's first episode, but I haven't seen really any of three. And then I think I'm halfway through two, so that's the only thing left in my who spectrum. But I'm I've I've been I mean I'm this this is not like oh I'm a big fan, but just more like well I more of a a, a terrible uh, obsessed one. Um, been to Wales, saw John Berman in concert in Wales because that's where he lives. Been to the Canary Wharf where Torchwood is. Uh, been to the Millennium Center. And then uh, both in London, got to see Canary Wharf, you know, where, the, of course, the Battle of Torchwood One was, um, and the, the different Dr. Hugh museums they had there. And I've cosplayed as Captain Jack. I have my uh, little thing there so I can travel through time on my wristwatch. So definitely and worn many, many bow ties. Um, and Because Matt, even though I started and seen everything, Matt, number 11, is my doctor. Amen. Nice. So, man, you took it all the way back. Very good. All right, Jeff. So what, what's, what's your who resume looking like? Well, I blame my mother. She's a science fiction fan going way back to the, uh, to the fifties and sixties. Uh, I was a very small child when I started watching, uh, Dr. Who. It was the fourth doctor on PBS back in the late seventies, early eighties. And, uh, I've been watching ever since. And I've seen pretty much all of Doctor Who. There's a few of the older episodes I still haven't seen yet, mostly because of the whole problem with the lost episodes, and it's kind of hard to find some of them. Some of the very early ones I've described as the cure for insomnia, because they are very slow-paced compared to what we're used to now. And I just really enjoy all the shows. It when you got into the third doctor, you said you've only seen the first episode of it so far. That's when the format really started to change to a little bit more what we saw with the fourth doctor and the fifth and getting more towards what we have now. Things picked up the pace, a little more action. But uh, the second doctor was also very interesting because that introduced some of the more uh, elements that really Matt Smith picked up on. Uh, you know, the way he dressed, the bow ties. Um, he had the flute. Matt Smith had other... Uh, quirks like the uh, the fezes um but uh it's very obvious that uh, the second doctor was matt smith's inspiration but as you can tell i've been i've been with this i'm steeped in doctor who i watched the uh the tv movie on fox when it aired back in 96 and was one of the people screaming what are you talking about he's half human <laughs> nice well, folks, that is some impressive resumes from all three of you. I have to say, I don't, I don't know if I've mentioned it on this show before, but I used to be a high school math teacher and basketball coach, and it appears that I have recruited a Doctor Who Star Trek dream team here. And one of the reasons why I really, really wanted these gentlemen here that are very steeped in the Doctor Who is that I'm actually quite a beginner myself. I've seen the series one of the new Doctor Who, and I saw series two. 
and that's it. I actually ended when uh, Rose got left on the other side of the wall. That was my last episode. On the other side of the wall. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm going to be the perspective of the Trek fans who actually haven't seen Dar- that much Doctor Who. I mean, I saw the reruns on PBS of the fourth Doctor back in the 70s and 80s a little bit, you know, in the canine and the, the afro under the big hat. But uh, I honestly haven't seen that much. Boy, I like it. And I'm, I'm, I was so disappointed when it came off Netflix. But I actually heard that it's back on Amazon Prime, so I might have to switch over on that service. So, yes, Trek fans, I can be the voice in the ears for you here on that. If you don't know that much about it, neither do I. But that's why I've got these guys here to help us out. This is going to be awesome. So my show notes on this typically have points and we go through and we have a lot of uh, questions and we have things that we're going to talk about, but boy, this is totally blank. It is so weird to be looking at this totally blank show notes because we're going to do this completely from scratch. This is going to be a writer's room style. We're going to start with an initial scene or idea and we're going to go with it. And Jeff actually already said that he has got something in the bag, man. He has got, he's got an idea in the bag for us that we're, we can just run with, or we could just start from scratch on something and we can just throw it together. So gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started on this thing. Let's put this thing together. BBC and UPN would have loved this back in the day. Initial scene intro. Where do you want to start this? What are you thinking about this? When, when the show is going to start, what are, what are we going to see? Well, I guess let me ask the, 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 so which doctor are we on? This would have been Eccleston. Okay. So nine. All right. And so, okay. And then, so is this an episode of Star Trek or excuse me, is this an episode of Enterprise or is this an episode of Doctor Who? That is a very good question because I've always been thinking that the doctor could, is the one that easily moves around. So it would be easier for him to show up in the Star Trek universe but I mean, we could have we could have some kind of a, a spatial anomaly going on, you know, with the Prue particles and all that good stuff. <laughs> and, you know, and it, we could do something and maybe put the well, Enterprise well, in a different spot. I, so my suggestion would be, well, since this is an Enterprise show, it should be an Enterprise show, right? Um, and I feel like you, uh, as an Enterprise show, we have a built-in mechanism already. And so what, are we going to say this takes place, uh, would this be season four, season five, I guess? Season this will five, be season yeah. five. Okay. So, uh, and you can just say no to my terrible idea, which I think is great, but we find out that future guy is really the doctor the whole time. And, uh, he comes out of the, you know, out of the shadows and it was just, uh, it was, uh, Eccleston the whole time. Oh man. Wow. That's, <laughs> that would be a shock. That would be a what shock. What if it was the master? Oh, okay. All right. All that right. would make more sense yeah. to have it be uh, some kind of a rogue time lord. You know, maybe not the master, maybe somebody else. The Mad Monk, if you really want to throw mm-hmm. out your classic who there. Yeah, that was actually something that uh, had been kind of bouncing around was what if the temporal Cold War was actually a time lord situation or something's going on with the time lords and that was the temporal Cold War. All right. Well, actually, I mean, we could do Eccleston. But we could do any doctor because, I mean, the doctor can do whatever he wants to do and he can go wherever he wants to go. So um, 
Is that who we want to go with? We want to go with Eccleston? Or are we going to go with multiple doctors? Hey, we don't have to just stick with <laughs> we one. We could do right? a number of them. Okay, um, okay, okay. But well, this is- I, I'm, I was thinking that, uh, you know, if we go with the, the premise that this is being produced at the time of the what would have been the fifth season of Enterprise and the first season of the new Doctor Who, that would have been Eccleston in season, season five. But we can do any combination that we want here, um, you know. Let's do it. Look, Chris Eccleston had so few. Let's give him a little bit more. He could have come back. He he could have come back and he didn't want to. For Let's force <laughs> Eccleston in another episode <laughs> that was beneath him, apparently. And well, he would come back for a special event. We can we could say that. So what I'm thinking, uh, if you're talking opening scene, what comes to my mind is like they have to use the, the transporter for some reason and then you know, instead of the normal transporter noise and something appearing, then you hear the the TARDIS and it appears. I don't know why. That just, for my mind, when when you first mentioned the crossover, I was like, that would be cool just to see. Because where else are you going to fit the TARDIS? I don't know where else you would actually put it, but. I'll, and I have no idea what the premise of the teaser would be of like, you know, Trip and, and someone are like trying to beam up some materials or some rock from an asteroid or some dilithium crystal or whatever. And then all, all I see them is like, oh, you know, whatever. And then and it just the TARDIS appears and then Trip's like, that's no dilithium crystal. <laughs> and then it just goes into, it's been a long time. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, you could go with something like they're having trouble getting the transporter to initialize because the, you know, there's some kind of interference so they can't get anything to beam up. And then the, you know, you hear the TARDIS materializing sound, the TARDIS shows up and then cut to trip and he says, well, that might be why we couldn't beam anything up. (laughs) Very good. Very good. So then we cut to the title sequence and we come back from our commercial. I'm just seeing this bizarre mix of like, it's been a long time. The Enterprise is just going through the Enterprise is like twirling around and out of control. Yes. Yes. That'd be great. Now, is this the, is this the refit Enterprise since we're in season five or is this still? Oh, good one. Good question. That would be cool. Definitely. Definitely. I hadn't even thought about that. That's great. There's no way this is the season premiere. This is like a mid season, you know, sweeps week. Two-parter, perhaps three-parter, as of course Enterprise. <laughs> excuse me, Star Trek Enterprise. Since this is season five, oh, exactly, is well known exactly. for. Yeah. All right, so um, man, I, now you've got me seeing like twirling Enterprises, and wow, that or the Enterprise chasing the TARDIS around. That's awesome. All right, so what's going to be like? What's going to be the first, the first thing that we see? The interactions that we have. Is it going to be? Uh, Archer busting in, talking to the doctor. The doctor's going to have some funny thing to say. I mean, what what are we thinking here? Who's go- who's going to run this show? Like, who's going to really like push this show? Well, and since y'all are the the warp fivers, I'll let you try to figure out what's what is the mission of the Enterprise in this episode. But then I guess the 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 compliment here is going to be we have to assume because we're going to be this way. Even though if you're watching Star Trek Enterprise, you're probably a Whovian, but we'll just say you're not. I mean, because the premise of this show has to be like, you don't know who Doctor Who is at all. We have to basically reintroduce to an American audience Doctor Who. So, what? like, I feel like at some point, and I can't remember a specific instance, but some Doctor Who, you know, uh, I don't want to, I keep thinking the word shunned, but no, like exiled some species to some different dimension. 
And for some reason, he's felt responsible and has to come. So we're getting some classic or maybe not classic, maybe even a terrible Doctor Who villain. Those are the same thing. Right. (laughs) And uh, so he's kind of coming to clean up his mess. So, you know, we're we're having to deal with the Daleks, probably, because why wouldn't you really? But or somebody else, if somebody the Cybermen or whoever you want to put in there. The cyberborg. <laughs> they already did that, though. We can't. We can't take that because it's already been done in the comics. Yeah, we actually had the comics that ha- has crossover, and I I haven't read the comics. But uh, Jeff, what your the idea that you had laid down? What did? Where were you going with that? Like, what what were you well, thinking? I was actually going to dig really deep with uh, Omega uh, from the original Doctor Who. He was, uh, basically, he was the first Time Lord. And the last time we saw him, he had been living inside of a black hole that was, he was using to generate energy to, basically, to to be able to travel through time. And the black hole collapsed at the end of the episode. So we don't know what happened to him. My thinking was, that black hole was a rift in time and space, and that led him from one dimension to another and hit deposited him into the Star Trek universe. Okay. At some point, undefined, we don't know when. And that rip in space-time left a hole that the TARDIS fell through, depositing it into the Star Trek universe. And now the Doctor has to find a way to get back to his universe. Nice. Okay. All right, so just the, the Enterprise's uh, mission to whatever, wherever this place is, like they were scanning something and maybe there's a sample or something like we said, cause I really like the idea of the transporter, like they're working on the transport or something. So maybe when the doctor gets pulled through, he gets caught in their transporter beam and then boom, he arrives there. All right. So the doctor is, is he asking for help? Also, who is with the doctor? I was just oh, going to ask if he had a ooh, companion is, or not. I mean, Rose, I assume if we're going to play this hard, but is that it? Do we wait, also wait, do we also no. have the do we have the ten dog? And I'm talking about Mickey. I was Mickey. just gonna say that. <laughs> yes, so we can get K9 and uh, and Porthos together. Oh my goodness, that would oh, make. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> this I was would... actually talking about Mickey, the ten dog. But, oh no, uh, no 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 no! I'm I was thinking you gotta we, ha- you gotta have the dogs get together. That would be amazing. Because I just want Mickey to also be with Mayweather, and they're gonna both look at each other and be like, "Do we have any lines in this episode?" <laughs> They're comparing scripts. <laughs> nice. Well, I guess that's our. I guess that would be our job if we were writing it for them. But yeah, because I think it's funny because I think the ninth Doctor. Well, no. See, this is season five. See, I was that's. I was gonna say the Doctor has season one Captain Archer hair. Um, but by season five, I mean he's you know I don't know what he has by season, but he he kind of grows with the seasons. So. I think he gets the bun of steel in uh, the fifth <laughs> season. So yeah, he's yeah. got he's got like the tight crew cut. He's got the the seasoned. Uh, I don't have time to wash it, so he's got it cut short, like I do. Kind of hair, you know. Cut that thing short and unbutton the top collar and all that good stuff. Because I'm trying to figure out how what's the ninth Doctor's attitude going to be. Because is he going to be sort of like a sort more playful? Not because nine has many. Because I actually like nine a lot um, for such a short time. Because he he has a spectrum. Like most doctors, but he can be like very lighthearted and funny, but he can also be very deadly serious. He's sort of seen as sort of almost 
I mean, there is a war doctor, but he's almost seen as a war doctor before there was a war doctor. Um, and so I'm trying to figure out what his attitude in this episode is. So if he knows what's going on with Omega or if, or or if he's just sort of a playful thing, I guess, how are we introducing him to the audience? Because if it's a playful thing, he can be like he goes to see Dr. Flox. We have Dr. Meets Doctor. And that's where you sort of get the narrative of what's a time lord and blah, blah, blah. As they're scanning him. And two, two hearts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, I was. I, you could you know, do a play on the uh, um, spies like us with Doctor, Doctor, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's got to be uh, when you know good. Well, I guess we'll call him Good Mood Eccleston okay. uh, because you don't want it. You, I mean, listen. When you're going to have two iconic characters meet, you don't want it to be dark Wait, and dreary the entire time. Could they be making breakfast, maybe, Daniel? Like, cooking some <laughs> eggs? <laughs> they could do that. But, you know, I'm just saying, like, we would want the, the Doctor to interact and have fun with all of the different characters on the show. I feel like that would be that would be amusing. Hello. I think it would be easier for if Eccleston was in, like, his go-lucky self, because I can only see Bacula's Archer being super serious about it. Like, man, why is your box parked on my transporter pad? <laughs> you know? Oh, don't worry. It, it'll, it just stays there. <laughs> yeah, because, and then I, and who is Rose going to interact with the best on the, on the NXO one crew? Because she's, she's young. Like, she's supposed to be like 19. I don't know. She's like 28. But anyway, um, that might be, that might be the, you know, maybe the Mayweather connection could be there. Because mm-hmm. he's, or Hoshi. Yep. What's another what's another companion? Because I'm I'm thinking like Rose and T'Pol. Mickey. Well, I was thinking like what would be Rose and T'Pol? Uh, I don't know. Like Donna. <laughs> I could no. just. <laughs> no, no. I I was thinking that the Doctor would. Well, uh, would, I mean, would... technically speaking, if we want to just blow the wide doors open, Captain Jack was one of the Ninth Doctor's companions. He could just be hitting on T'Pol the whole time, getting trip jealous. <laughs> yes, that would be funny. All right, so uh, what's going to be the the how how can the Enterprise actually help him out? Like, how can that Enterprise help Doctor Who with the villain here? Well, I'm thinking that maybe like have a multiple episode arc, and the first episode is just the doctor trying to figure out how to get back to his home dimension. Cause at this point he's not able to travel between dimensions on his own very easily. I mean, that was a big deal when they got trapped. Uh, and when he was in tenant, when they went over to the, the new Cyberman dimension. And so maybe it's the whole episode is them trying to find a weak spot in the, you know, in the rift that they can punch the TARDIS through. And at the end of the episode, they find this weak spot, but then the TARDIS is alerted to Time Lord life signs. And Tennant is so close to the end of the Time War that he thinks all the Time Lords are dead, so he would want absolutely to find this Time Lord and find another one of his people. And that would lead us into part two with them trying to find whoever this Time Lord is. And then and then a sort of a it's it's a very cliche thing so I'll throw it out for either rejection or acceptance that you know midway through the first episode because I I do love the three part story that there should be and it's very cliche so we can get rid of it but like the doctor and archer or the NXO crew should be like halfway through suddenly they're at odds you know it's like 
they're it's Batman versus Superman to use a horrible analogy. No, I'm kidding. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Um, but um, I'm just picking on the zeitgeist. But like they're and so it's like, oh my gosh, these guys aren't they're they're fighting. They're they're gonna get the you know what's gonna happen. And so second episode, oh everything's cleared up. You know, there's something happens where they, like they finally join forces against Omega, and then the third episode is the showdown final, whatever. But. I have a question uh, for you for you guys because it's been a little while since I've done a full rewatch of Warp 5. There is an episode where Trip goes into a ship that is bigger on the inside. Isn't that something yes. he's already experienced at this point? Absolutely. Yes, it is. Yeah. So uh, I'm, That was season two. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like – I'm just trying to imagine like the, the moment like maybe it's Archer and Trip go into the TARDIS – and, uh, you know, up for Trip, it's no big deal. But maybe, I don't know, Trip helps fix the TARDIS so that he can go through space and time. And that's where Trip learns the slingshot maneuver, which explains how the Enterprise in the future can go around the sun. And, and I, now I'm retconning all sorts of things. Ig- ignore me. But Well, I know. I do like how, like, uh, you know, the Doctor takes in um, Archer and Trip and maybe T'Pol, too. Why not have the trio? Um, and then, like, uh, T'Pol's trying to, you know, she just, like, automatically, like, oh, it's a... Obviously, a multi-dimensional, you know, whatever. And Archer's just like, "Oh man, this is cool." And Trip's like, "I like the other ship better." And the Doctor's like, "He oh. just completely put off by Trip." Like, "Well, <laughs> did it have this?" And just like starts, you know, pressing <laughs> random buttons. And you know, did it make this kind of sound? Huh? Does it have a pool? <laughs> Trip's like, "Eh, it was still better." <laughs> nice. That actually, that episode was future tense. Where yep. they, they find the ship and then everyone's fighting. Maybe over make it. a comment that uh, you know the the last ship they were immediately set upon by the Tholians who were trying to get it because they wanted the time travel technology in it. Maybe have somebody comment that you know that's a concern that you know the Tholians might show up. Nice. You know, just to have a nice little throwback to that episode. Okay. Okay. So so Daleks. So we- and Tholians are going to go. Oh my! Okay. Now, if you put the Tholians in armor, I think they could. Um, I think they're well, they're already wearing armor. But um, okay, so we have. All right. So how do we? Who who plays Omega? Who is cast as Omega? Well, he always had a mask because his body had become pure energy, and when he took off his mask, there was nothing there. Well, then the mask has to come off by the uh, end of episode two, and it's mm-hmm. revealed to be, I don't know. Something. Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> ben Affleck. So, <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeffrey Combs. It's Jeffrey Combs. Perfect. Perfect. That guy's <laughs> everywhere. He's also playing all the Daleks. So. <laughs> <laughs> they all sound like Wayoon for some reason. It's really weird. I've never... Yeah, so, so I, I like that... Um, the different characters that will go together and the reactions. Now, does the Doctor do anything to the NX-01 to make it a little bit more ready to uh, battle uh, either Omega or to help him get the TARDIS through? So, does he use the sonic screwdriver to make repairs? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. How does he sonic the NX-01? Possibly oh, the NX-01 refit. He could sonic it to go above warp 5. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which would be cool. Sonic the Warp Core. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to have to change the name of our show. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, it actually goes Warp 5 now, not Warp 4. No. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I think we got ourselves a, uh, a title there. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's this, because you know, this is going to be epic. Who does Omega recruit in the Star Trek Enterprise universe? 
Because that's the whole thing. So you have the Doctor and the NXO on one side, and you have Omega and, I mean, you could say Klingons or Orions. That's got to be the Romulans, right? If we're talking season well, five. And <gasps> this is where I think it could ter- tie it back Romulan into war. the Temporal Cold War. Oh, the Temporal Cold War, yes. Future Guy is working for <gasps> Omega. Omega is Future Guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You never see his face. He takes off the mask. It's just the... That's it's really what Future Guy looks like. That's literally what, There wasn't a disguise. He really <laughs> looks like that. That's what he always looks like. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> Take off your mask. It is off. That's, that's an old joke. That's an old joke. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I like this. Um... Because you have the character interactions, um, you have the doctor trying to get home, but there's something that's gonna, I said, like it's gonna happen that put them at a crossroads between Archer and the doctor. Because Archer's just sort of like, oh, this is, you know, well, you know, he's still not, he's not one, season one or two wide eyed Archer, but even after all the things of season three and four, he still, you know, has an explorer spirit. And this is still pretty cool, right? I mean, the doctor doesn't present to be a harm. He's here to help. He's trying to explain these strange things. He says, oh, I think this is what it might be. But I think there has to be something that either the cavalier nature of the doctor or he's, you know, something where he puts it at odds with the archer and they're just like, we have to get this guy off. And so then there's. Well, what if there's something that the doctor really needs, but they don't have it. So he puts it to Archer that. You know, well, we need this. You need to go get it. You know, kind of bringing up the it's too soon since damage kind of thing when they had to, like, you know, take the stuff from the guy, you know, and maybe maybe the doctor kind of brings up, well, I've I've seen you do this before. You know, I've observed you do this before or something like that. I don't know. Well, this this can be what it is, because this has to be the trope in every Doctor Who episode. Um, mid, You know, because the, the TARDIS is trapped, it's powerless. You know, as every episode, you always have to, out, you know, take the power away from the TARDIS in every episode. So, like, once it comes through, like, for some reason in this dimension, this, the world of, of Star Trek, it just doesn't work anymore. It can't travel. It doesn't have any power. So maybe the Doctor tries to take over the Enterprise because the Archer doesn't want to do what he says, like you said, Floyd. And he's like... Maybe he you- needs to use the Enterprise to physically travel into his dimension, which would then tra- trap the Enterprise in the Doctor Who universe. Yeah, and it's sort of like um, Doctor. The Doctor is trying to tell Captain Archer, "You don't understand what we're dealing with with Omega. You know, there's there's something I have to get or have have to do." And Archer's like, "Look, and you know, I don't know who you are. You know, just appearing here. But in our universe, we do certain things and we take care of do our own thing." And the other crew's like, "Yeah, what 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 Archer said." Um, and then the Doctor's just like. Oh really? And then puts a Sonic down somewhere on the on the bridge or on the whatever, taking and then basically Sonic's the whole NX01 and it just starts <laughs> to warp out like at warp a million. And then that could be the end of part one, maybe. Did you say he lays the Sonic down? He just yes. lays the Sonic down. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, everything's Ooh. so tactile at the warp five, so he's like <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the top of the NX-01 starts to light up like the blue light on top of the TARDIS. <laughs> <laughs> right, on the, right on the front of the saucer, it's got the little, it's got the little plaque. Uh, one, of the, one other thing I was thinking with Omega was that the way that he got the energy to travel through time in the first place was basically detonating stars. And maybe, you know, have... Uh, 
Uh, he's trying to get things set up. He's manipulating history as future guy so that things are the way that he needs them to be at a certain point in the future so that he can detonate in a star that will produce a shockwave that will give enough energy for him to breach the dimension barrier so that he can get back home. And maybe the doctor is thinking, well, maybe I could just hitch a ride on that. But at the same time, that shockwave will then cause you know, multiple star systems to be destroyed, say, in 2387, uh, starting with uh, Romulus. <laughs> I was just uh, thinking that, too. I'm like, I really hope he connects these. and Because I'm connecting it in my head. I'm like, yes, set it up, set it up. It would be great. <laughs> I, I just like uh, the, st- the stars aligning there for that, all that. Man, it, it is all connected right here. Like, Jeff has got it going right here. So we've got 2009 track and... It wasn't Spock's fault, after all. So, sorry, Nero. And we've got, wow, we've got Doctor Who and we've got Archer with the NX-01. All right. So, And I also feel like Archer and the Doctor, maybe when they've made up, I just, I imagine a conversation and I want to like hear the conversation about uh, the split in the differences between the universes. And like what happened in the start, like he's like, oh, your universe changed the most when the eugenics war happened or something like that, just to kind of like differentiate and be like, oh, this is where things are different. And that'd be cool. And and also, I think when when they make up again, I'm like, after they make up, no, after they make up in, in, in the second episode, like they both can have this very dramatic, perhaps melodramatic conversation about war. Because they both are coming from post-war experience. And I know season five isn't after season three, timey-wimey. But, like, still, you know, the things Archer had been to and had to do in season three uh, with the Zindi arc. Um, and then the nine coming from the time war. You know, they're both sort of a little, well, not PTSD, but they're sort of war-weary, still a little bit shell-shocked about everything. And so they can have that conversation about how what war can do and, and the choices you have to make. And that sort of pits, puts them on sort of the same plane that viewers can be like, oh, OK, the doctor's kind of like Archer. And then, you know, so I like that. I like that because, I mean, it could still come up even though it's season five and Archer thinks it's behind him. You know, I mean, he still could have PTSD. He could still have it and he's maybe in denial or something. But this event just brings it out for him or something. And, and again, it's, it's introducing because I, I think we the, these these three episodes can really. You know, from the the who, uh, the voice I'm being now, the from the Doctor Who element, we're showing the range of the Doctor. You've seen the silly introduction in season, in episode one, but you've seen the darkness as he takes over the ship for his for t- his greater purposes. But then you have the relation with Archer, and then the epic season three. You you set your uh, was what year says DVR. Set your DVRs for this one. Set your TiVo for episode three. Of Star Trek Enterprise. You know, and here's the thing, too. Not that it really matters, but I'm thinking logistically how this would happen. But if if we were to have these, you know, the BBC and the and UPN cross over here, and in the first episode is going to be all in, in Star Trek universe, we could have the first episode be the UPN, the Enterprise episode. That's exactly what I and was then, thinking. That's exactly what <laughs> I was thinking. Two, the, the only the BBC problem Doctor is, Who. this is pre... Because I don't think um, BBC uh, America got um what's the word dual viewing until 11 so like yeah no it, it would be course, like it's... watch it on bbc at 1201 <laughs> midnight i mean but, you can't get it here uh but you know you know no, but there was like re- uh, 
I think we didn't get it for like a couple of weeks after they aired. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, say this is a special England. event. They're making it happen. All right. <laughs> exactly. They're making it exactly. happen. And, the, and look, you're seeing these three episodes in the movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, so now I'm thinking, all right, UPN gets episode one, then tune in to BBC the next week or the next night or however you want to do it to see episode two. Now I'm, Is this going to be a like a classic callback of the serial? It's like something happens. It's like, you know, and then like just roll credits until like you know part two. Right, we got cliffhangers all over the place here. <laughs> you got to tune back in the next time. Very good, very good. All right, guys. So um, how how's it going to end? Like, what's 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 the ending going to look epic. like? Just epic battle. Like, well, you know, it always has to be the thing where. At least in Doctor Who, but I think the same thing in in, in Enterprise uh, to definitely showcase everyone off because we've been talking uh, Doctor and Archer and, and to the extent of Trip and Paul. But the thing about Doctor Who, it's always the companion that kind of saves the day. I mean, they kind of get in trouble, but then they also save the day. So I feel like it should be Rose and Ten Dog working with you know some of the crew, you know, whether it's Hoshi or um, or Travis or whoever. Like they really got to kind of bring it in that last episode. I think. Yep, I like that. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe he rigs up the uh, the Enterprise to be able to travel through time so that they can get to the point in space and time where Omega's at so they can have their final showdown. Travis somehow has to be uh, flying the TARDIS in episode three. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I am actually curious. Something we haven't addressed is... Uh, how is Trip even in this episode? I heard he died uh, sometime Oh, that before. was... Ten years after the first that episode, happened, there you well, go. Five years. That happened on Darren. a holodeck, man. That happened on <laughs> yeah. a freaking holodeck. That is. Darren, I'm teasing, if you I'm can't remember what happened in Pegasus Two, we're not going to remind you. <laughs> but no, uh, you know, actually, I was thinking. I, I'm, I'm actually you. You, you asked how is it going to end, and I'm thinking of the the closing scene, like the Doctor being like, "Hey, to Archer specifically, you know, we can go anywhere you want. We can. I, I can bring you to the future. I can bring you to the past. I can bring." Archer doesn't have – I can't think of anything that Archer specifically would immediately be like, oh, this is where I'd want to go. But he would, of course, resist the temptation as he's – you know, it's a Starfleet captain. He he knows his limits and what he should and shouldn't do. But that would be the con- – I imagine the conversation of like, you know, hey. Or imagine the doctor being like, why don't you come along and, uh, you know, asking him to be his companion. And obviously he would say no. But it would still be kind of a cool, a little, cool little fun little bit. Well, he could also decline because he'd gotten burned by Daniel so many times. Yeah, right. yeah Archie would kind of be like, I've seen the future. I prefer to stay with my crew here. And then he's like, but if you could tell me the polo scores for next week. <laughs> yeah, actually, that was a good point, thinking of the trip, because that would be uh, something we would have to have worked out earlier in season five. You know, maybe uh, uh, to Paul... Uh, I don't know. Maybe she wakes up and she goes into somebody's using her shower. She goes in the shower in there. She opens the door and there's trip. You know, that's a callback. That's a classic Dallas callback right there, man. <laughs> it was all a dream right there. And I, and I think, you know, that doctor, you know, the doctor gives the archer and that's sort of like the NXO enterprise ending. But then you have the doctor who ending of where he goes back in the TARDIS, you know, with Rose or whoever. And he's, you know, doing the usual crank, crank, crank. And then and then Rose was like, you know, that was really cool meeting all those. And he's like, oh, yes. And they have some interesting adventures ahead of them for a very long time. <laughs> nice. Or or we could go darker, right? Like really dark. 
And oh, oh, he like says some foreboding thing. No, 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 no. Makes I'm a thinking, comment about the com- the war that's coming up in a couple of yeah, years. That's right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I was um, thinking, like, unfortunately, not all of them will survive. Credits roll. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> or I was thinking of like, uh, you know, they had some piece of uh, Borg technology from this that season four episode, and it sneak snuck aboard the TARDIS, and now what's going to happen, or something like that. But <laughs> great. Now we just see like the the TARDIS disappears. You know, everyone has a goodbye, and it's and it's just going to be your know, usual Enterprise at warp. You know, credits roll. Except the Enterprise is suddenly covered with the words "Bad Wolf." And then the <laughs> roll. God, that would be awesome. That would be so cool. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and you know, end end the end of part three. You know, they finally stop Omega, but you know, he succeeds in detonating the star in the future. But they, you know, they do something that helps Spock prevent it from expanding. But uh, Omega gets away, and they're able to use the energy that was released so that they can recharge the TARDIS so that the Doctor can get back to his universe. And then maybe the next episode on the BBC would be following up from that without the Star Trek crew, him trying to chase after Omega. Or in season six and seven of Enterprise, we could have uh, them meet up with David Tennant, Doctor, and that would be a whole other thing. So the Doctor is the new Shran of Enterprise. (laughs) Oh, that's actually, we didn't even mention Shran, because for us, man, we were thinking Shran could have been on that season five. He's a member of the crew, right. right? Or something? Yeah. Well, either a member of the crew or, uh, you know, he gets another ship and they're running into each other constantly. Right. Oh, man. Now I'm thinking like Eccleston versus Shran. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's not, he's not going to put up with that very long. Okay. Very good. All right. So, fellas, what, what are we going to call this? Like, we're talking three episode. Like, what would be, what what are you thinking? Like an overall title for this arc? What do, what do we think? The Omega Directive. Oh shit, that's been used. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, so the Omega Glory. Wait, oh. no, yeah. <laughs> oh man, Sheesh. Um, let's see. Well, it has. It, I think the first. I think. I mean, well, as I think about the three parters, you know, if it was a two party, it would have the same name. But three parters, all the episodes have different. Exactly. Titles. So you can do whatever. I think the first title has to be something like. It's not the doctor meets Enterprise. It's not going to be that. But like, it has to be something like playful with the word doctor or who or something. And then two and three can be a little bit more regularly named. Like, who's that? <laughs> it could be Q. Who- no. No. That's, that's oh, also used. Yeah, I just thought it would bring um, the Q in too. Holy cow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Is, is there anything else you're you're thinking of here? Anything else bouncing around in your heads? You know, I don't think we've given enough credence to this idea of K9 and Porthos meeting up. I, I really feel well, like this would be the a thing solid. K9 wasn't with the Ninth Doctor, so. Well, whatever. He's with the Come Tenth on. Doctor, so you can do that in season six. Oh, there we go. Okay, then. Yeah, with Tenet. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, well, well of course, there would also be the um, Sarah Jane uh, meeting, um, and then. Uh, then there would, of course, be the Torchwood meeting. And uh, it, look, there's going to be a lot that's going to be going on in the NXO one. Well, hey, I mean. Porthos and K9, they could have their own spinoff, you know, like Beagle Buddies. Oh. So, Beagle instead Buddies. Instead of like Bosom Buddies, they're Beagle Buddies. There you go, man. <laughs> Wait, so they have to dress up as curl dogs? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I just see like the little pink metal bow is on K9. It's like, it's magnetic, I, Philip. It's yeah. magnetic. <laughs> what do you want? What do you want, Master? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Nice. Porthos has a little dog wig. <laughs> All right, so 
just going like to some final thoughts here, Philip, what, uh, just thinking about if, if an event like this would happen, like, how do you, how do you think this would look? I, well, see, I think it would be in some ways controversial, um, because, you know, following, well, this would have been, you know, maybe 10 years later, almost eh, at that point, you know, Americans, uh, with the Doctor Who TV movie are not necessarily known for doing Doctor Who well. And so I think, you know, from across the pond, they would be like, Oh, wait, the Americans are writing a Doctor Who episode. Well, this will be great. Um, so, but of course, I think this would be for an American audience about, you know, introducing the, these two epic things that they, they kind of know. They all remember the fourth Doctor kind of PBS, maybe, but I think it would, it would work well because to me, it wasn't till latter part of 10 beginning of 11 that you really had i mean we're all fans of doctor who but you didn't have this massive u.s doctor who thing until then and so i think this would maybe be an early try to get those two franchises to really come together um from two different countries because i mean i don't i mean i know destination of uh trek star trek has been i know it's germany and then it's been what london too and so I, I knew they're you know they're trekkies in the uk obviously many of them on this network but i think it would definitely help merge both of them together because then you would of course show tr- enterprise and it would introduce you know enterprise maybe to people who didn't see it for doctor who and so it would certainly help enterprise up too very good it would be fantastic very good <laughs> and daniel uh what what do you what would you see on this like if what if it wasn't eccleston like what if it could be any doctor which, which one would you like oh i i all, all three of them that you know daniel which one <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, it's okay. It's a, he's teasing me, but of course I would say to spe- specifically answer that question, I would say eleven because he's my favorite doctor. But honestly, to me, it doesn't matter. I am a crossover guy. I love it. I, I love all of these ideas. I, I, like when you brought this idea up to me, I was like, my mind just started racing. Like all of these things, we could. Oh my goodness, we could just merge these universes, and that would be a field day for me. Like. I, there's a, a new comic recently that uh, is Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I'm like, yes, more of this stuff, more of this ridiculous, crazy out there ideas. And I, I love all of it. And I think it's so much fun because you can tell stories that you could never tell. So and even with both universes, Star Trek and Doctor Who, where you kind of have a free pass to tell whatever story you want, really. Uh, and they both do in amazing, unique ways. Still, something, if they ever were actually brought together, man, would it be fun. We would have such a great time. So I would love now, then, in the future, anything. This kind of crossover would be. And of course, these are the the two classic sci-fi universes, right? I mean, these are the 50-year-old sci-fi franchises. And it would just be so much fun to have them connected even in the slightest Very bit. good. Is that why Doctor Who is taking a break right now? Are they waiting for the 2017 Star Trek series? Oh, man. How <laughs> awesome would that be? That would be so great. <laughs> so, Jeff, is, is there anything that, uh, for your idea that we you didn't get to mention or like put a bow on it or anything like that? Um, we did put a bow on it with that uh, is K-9. Yeah. I guess that's why I said that. <laughs> we, we did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, like we we covered pretty much all the the high points of it with Omega and his involvement with the destruction of the Hobus star, which led to the destruction of Romulus, which led to all the interference with the Temporal Cold War, and all that tied back together. And the Temporal Cold War set up all the events that led to the events 
being in the right positions for that star to be destroyed the way it was. Very good. I can, yeah, I can see Jeff. He's putting in his application for uh, writing the Countdowns comic series for this epic event. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> he's got a huge whiteboard behind him, listeners, with a bunch of postcards tacked <laughs> to it. No, it's crazy. It's Beautiful ridiculous. minding yes. it. Yes. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, my I would. this would be amazing. This would be amazing. It would have been amazing then. It would be amazing now if it was just a special, like a two-hour special or something, and they had multiple doctors. Uh, go ahead and bring Shatner in because I know he want he would want in there on that man. Let's just bring them all in. You know he shows up with the fourth Doctor. You know and there we go. So yeah, oh uh, yeah, that that sets it up also for uh, you know the tenth Doctor to come back in season six because now the dimensional barriers are breaking down. So you got multiple timelines that are crossing over with each other. Oh man, when you, when you said I can only get so excited, people, come on. Now. When you said Shatner and the fourth Doctor, like those are literally. The biggest, most recognizable sci-fi, Tom Baker and Bill Shatner in the same room. A, I don't think any room could contain both of them. Two, and that would just be the – things would just blow up. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, just imagine with the Tenth Doctor, Archer's Enterprise, the Mirror Universe Enterprise crew, maybe a future alternate Mirror Universe uh, Emperor Tiberius Kirk – coming back (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know maybe some zygons in there for good measure (laughs) (laughs) because why not at that point (laughs) might as well go all in (laughs) man this is this is great this is great thank you guys this has been awesome it's been a lot of fun creating a doctor who enterprise crossover but this isn't the only topic we've been talking about here on trek fm so here's what else you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm the orb I want to hear Worf give a command sometime like one quarter ramming speed. And then <laughs> yes. someone says, Captain, regulation specifically states that we cannot go at one quarter ramming speed while we are in orbit of a planet. <laughs> <laughs> to the journey. Yeah, where Seven actually mentions that. where She's like, hey, we, st- we tried this before. You know, like I offered my services and <laughs> you, you, you said no. You're making her sound like an escort. I know, I, did, I didn't really mean that to happen. It just kind of came out that way. She's working the alcove. The ready room. You know, because he's appealing to the Ferengi side of, of Nog, which is still so much a part of who he is. I'm glad he didn't offer an Umox, though. Yeah, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. When you said sh- he was going to shack up with uh, Vic earlier, I was like, whoa, it didn't go that far. The 602 Club. I feel like uh, Men of Steel was a great groundwork to work from and uh, Batman v Superman it, it it had to build off of that because if they didn't build off of Man of Steel people would say oh they're trying to ignore perceived failure in the past and that's what else is happening on Trek.fm check out these shows and find out what we're talking about in your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at trek.fm and grab it the RSS link there as well. And if you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. That makes it easier for other listeners to find the show as they search iTunes. And if you like what you hear on Warp 5 or any of the Trek FM network shows, please leave us a star rating and a review, which will help us greatly increase our visibility of new listeners. And we just got a new five-star review from Sneven. Uh, 
It's titled Very Interesting and the New Hosts Are Great. Uh, it says Trek FM has a lot of great content and I'm glad Enterprise is getting some love. I'm really enjoying the new hosts and the subjects they cover. Enterprise will always be one of my favorites. It's very down to earth, maybe a more familiar earth, and I always makes me want some pecan pie. Very good. Yes. Thank you, Snevin, for that five-star review. And now Snevin's actually been entered into our Warp 5 Blu-ray review contest. So as I've been discussing over the last couple of Warp 5s, if we can get at least 20 iTunes reviews, that's going to activate the grand prize. And I will be giving a Warp 5 lucky listener a full journey enterprise Blu-ray set. We're talking Blu-ray seasons one, two, three, and four. All of them all in one set. And right now, we've got four going. We just need 16 more. And in the, along the way, at certain points, I'm going to be also giving away Trek FM t-shirts. Another way you can help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week is to become a patron on the network on Patreon. If you visit patreon.com slash trekfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm, you'll find our current goals and different milestone contribution levels, along with all the great perks we have for you. These perks include early access to content, exclusive content, producer credits, seats on our content development team, and more. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And if you want to wear your Trek FM fandom, you can also find great Trek FM themed merchandise at redbubble.com. Just type Trek FM into the search field. Uh, as always, I always like to thank my co-associate producer, Mike Morrison. You can find Mike on the Babel Conference, Trek FM's dedicated Facebook listeners page. You can also hear Mike over on his new show, Metatrex, where he and Zachary Furling discuss all things philosophical through a Star Trek lens. And as I always like to do at the end of our episodes, I like to thank Christopher Jones, our Warp 5 editor and producer. If you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on Trek FM slash contact and look on the sidebar on the show page or go to speakpipe.com slash Trek FM. You can also contact us through Twitter at Trek FM, Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. And as we've been mentioning throughout the episode, you can find us in the Babel Conference. Type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at Trek FM and click discussion on the menu bar. So, guys, I've got to say, it has been a delight having you on here. This has been this has been a great event. Thank you so much, Daniel, for coming on, and thank you so much, Philip. This has been a blast. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you. So, uh, Philip, if our listeners want to submit requests for a regular Bridgemates podcast, and, <laughs> and we've already been receiving these 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 messages, how can they get in touch with you about that? Uh, well, they can uh, find me and uh, Daniel and, of course, Darren Moser each and every week on Trek FM on Earl Grey, our dedicated Star Trek The Next Generation podcast. And they can also find me on Twitter. My handle there is NC Public Servant. That's NC for a non-canon Doctor Who crossover. Very good. And Daniel, if our listeners wanted to ask you how you think Picard might react to meeting the Doctor, how could they get in touch with you? Well, I have many theories, so please, please send them my way. Uh, of course, as Philip mentioned, you can find me on Earl Grey. And on Twitter, you can find me at 1UpDan. That is the number one, not the word. And Jeff, if our listeners wanted some advice on a great comic that they could maybe find on Comixology, how could they get in touch with you? 
Well, if you don't have access to an Atavicron or even a stolen Type 40 TARDIS, you can always find me on the Babel Conference on Facebook. I am the co-host here on Warp 5, as well as on Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated original series show. I'm also on Twitter, at Harlander, and I'm a supporter of the network through Patreon. You can check out my website, it's been called The Grand Unified Theory of Star Trek, at trekopedia.com, and then my independent comic books at bandwidthcomics.com, or search on Facebook for Bandwidth Comics. My first issue is up on Comixology now, and uh, it's looking pretty cool. The second issue is going to be up pretty soon. That's so exciting. Looking forward to that. And yeah, listeners, let us know what you would like to see for, for a Doctor Who and Enterprise crossover. What would be your ideal Doctor to see? And then maybe what if it's, what if we've got other Star Trek series coming in on this? What if we've got other captains that are being brought in? Uh, let us know on the show post for this episode. Uh, it'd be great to hear what all you think about it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can always find me on the Babel conference, the Trek FM listeners group, uh, man, this was a, this is a great show guys. This is very fun. Uh, what do you say we go take a tour of the TARDIS while it's still here? And then maybe chefs has some fresh baked cookies left over for us. Uh, Jeff, let's go ahead and get out of here. Well, thanks everyone for listening and join us again next time for another episode of warp five. Recording. Recording. We've got tone. Small tone. How would we? How would you describe the sound that the TARDIS makes when it comes in? Uh, I I would describe it as the sound of nails on piano wire played backwards. It's this. Oh, that's very specific. It's this. It's the sound of hope. (laughs) It's really like it's-, <laughs> <laughs> it's the sound of the oncoming storm. <laughs> All right. We're gonna let's go ahead and get going here, guys.